there was this narrative that Jews are united to bomb for an eye for a thousand eyes. Mm -hmm. We're united for that. And we're not. And the media kept repeating it. Institutions kept repeating it. Everyone kept repeating it. Uh, uh, Biden, elected officials, everyone. And we needed to do something to make sure everyone knows and everyone who's lazy out there reporting has to say that it, this is not unified. And I think we did that. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bituation Room on Tuesday, October 24th. I just figured I would add the date uh, in case uh, you wanted to know um, what time it was, what day it was. Um, it is 1.03 in the afternoon Pacific time standard. I forget where we're, when the next daylight savings time. You know, there's a lot of important things in the world, but the upcoming daylight savings time... Um, the fallback, as it were, I think is the number one thing that we should all be coming together around. And if we could only focus on one standard time, I feel like this is the first way to untie the Gordian knot of um, war in the Middle East. So anyway, um, I'll be doing a lot of content on that in the upcoming days because I want to be employed anywhere. Uh, no, obviously... I'm gonna, we're going to be talking about Gaza. We're going to be talking about Israel. Uh, I am your host, Francesca Fiorentini, and I am so glad you decided to join me. Um, so has um, author and columnist Liza Featherstone, who's going to be joining me us later to switch it up to talk about a massive win in New York State when it comes to democratizing the energy grid uh, when it comes to true uh, sustainability and uh, renewables and actually meeting states, meeting targets to reduce emissions. They all say they will. Countries say they do. New York has actually implemented a plan to make sure their state makes good on that. So um, she will explain a lot more in a little bit um, and probably correct half the things I just said. But also for his third time um, back on the Bituation Room, Rafael Shimunov, who is the communications director of Athena Coalition, um, which uh, works against and around the Amazon Corporation. Um, he also co-hosts the show Beyond the Pale and co-founded the Jewish Vote. Um, he is on the executive board of Jew Jews for Racial and Economic Justice. All the things. He's the best. He's going to join me. Um, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about celebrities finally speaking out for a ceasefire. Oh, low these two weeks. Um, and other celebrities arguably more famous celebrities who knows we'll talk about it saying the opposite or not the opposite or saying that they don't they just they just want their own letter okay so they've got we got two dueling hollywood letters people and this is what matters um so we'll get into that and then we will also pivot and look at cornell west who accepted money from yeah a Mr. Harlan Crow, uh, the man with the creepiest billionaire villain name, um, Harlan Crow gave money to the Cornell West presidential campaign. What? We'll talk about that uh, if we get a, a second to, uh, you know, to just uh, cleanse ourselves a little bit of all this war discussion. But we'll bring it back around because we're doing an episode or an edition of the Cringies people this time. 
the cringies israeli government edition what have they done that is so cringeworthy other than ethnic cleansing hobbs um their their social feeds are um i mean you gotta wonder who's running them they're quite upsetting and ridiculous and we're gonna get into some of the cringiest posts that they have put out uh in these last couple weeks uh with that everyone Stop what you're doing. You heard that massive, beautiful, amazing lineup and like this stream, share this stream, subscribe to this channel if you're not subscribed on YouTube and Twitch. Um, also, if you're listening as a podcast, which a lot of you are, give this podcast five stars. Tell me why you love it, why you like it, why it's your best friend. Um, it, it is very, very uh, important for discoverability. And as you can tell, this podcast is not safe for advertisers. That's right. Uh, it is. 100% grassroots funded by you all uh, via Patreon. Patreon.com slash Bituation Room is where you go to support this show. And when you do, you not only get this show, you don't, you don't, you support, I mean, it's all ad free. It's all ad free. So there's that. But you also get access to all of our bonus episodes, the backlog, the back catalog. Um, we have done incredible conversations, um, you know, with, the conspirituality folks. Um, we last week, two weeks ago, had Matt Lieb. I don't know if you've heard of him. We talked a lot about sort of his coming to his anti-Zionist position. Um, and we looked at sort of the creation of Hamas. That was a great conversation. I'll put out a teaser for that a little bit later to whet your appetite. Um, last week, I um, we watched uh, Ilhan Omar and other representatives um, speak out for a ceasefire and sort of um, discussed, uh, you know, my honest thoughts on the Biden administration at this point and uh, how terrible this is um, for them. And um, so, yeah, and not to say nothing of the fact that their own admit, like the State Department is all against this, except for Blinken. So get access to that by becoming a patron, guys, and support this little show that could. And every single dollar matters. You could do $2, you could do $5, $10 gets you that shout out during the fart song. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much uh, in advance. And of course, there's a bunch of perks. The American Prospect, you get that at a steep discount um, every quarter. I write for the American Prospect on the, the back page. God, I got to submit something very, very soon. Um, and you also get discounts on merch, 20% off your Fran Frantifa merch. Um, and all the good things. I've got a lot more announcements coming. Stay tuned. Very exciting. Um, but for now, is there anything else I need to say? No, 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 no. Um, let's get into it, guys. This is What Are You Bitching About? So, um, we are a couple weeks, uh, away from the attack on Israeli civil society by Hamas and, um, there obviously has been a massive retaliation. We are now 5,000 civilian deaths deep. Half of them effectively are children. Um, there have been <sighs> disputably hospitals bombed, although we'll get into why it's not disputed. <laughs> um, there have been the, the last bakery in Gaza City bombed, churches bombed, mosques bombed. Uh, schools bombed UN aid workers um, and UN workers broadly, educators murdered. Um, 
they, they, they we're talking about a mass exodus 1.4 million people displaced from northern gaza every single day every single hour every single moment this continues and there has not been a call for a massive ceasefire here's what i am bitching about within this atrocity upon atrocity that like you know things are bad when like i want to start writing poetry like you know like why add another atrocity to all this but like every war on gaza it like just gets me in my feelings and i start to like i'm like ooh, franny you be, ooh, we should write down some poetry and i'm like no 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 don't do it you're not 20 anymore <laughs> you know it's like do things i can't do you know what i'm saying i can't drink like i did when i was 20 and i can't write poetry anymore um but gaza's got me in my feelings and it makes me want to do both of those things heavily um and that is because what is happening is so egregious and so chilling and it is happening to children but what i am bitching about once again are all the liberals Oh, bless your little hearts. Um, all the liberals, all the liberal Zionists who even 5,000 deaths deep, even with all of, um, even with the lack of fuel, even with the babies in incubators about to die because there's not enough electricity to keep the hospital lights on, even with everything that we know, are still saying that this is a war for self-defense, that this is somehow valiant, that there is a distinction this is, the IDF calls itself the most moral army on earth. I mean, if that isn't scary, I don't know what is. And these are liberals who, ooh, they want to cling to that idea. They want to cling to it. And like I've said on the show before, it's okay. You don't have to. Let it go. It's okay to embrace the war crime. It's okay. If you believe it's justified, embrace it. But don't gaslight me about it. Don't don't gaslight me about what is or is not moral. And you don't need to take my word for it. As the children of Reading Rainbow say, just take Israeli leaders word for it. Don't come at me. Come at them. So here was uh, a spokesperson for the IDF speaking to CNN, basically blaming civilians, saying, yeah, it sucks that they have to die, but. This is the government that represents them, Hamas. And so it's kind of on them. And, and this is the tragedy of it. You know, this is this government, the Hamas government, this terrorist government, they have they have done nothing good for the people of Gaza. And unfortunately, in, in our efforts to secure the state of Israel, it is indeed the people of Gaza that are playing the price for their poor leadership. Right. So, I mean, it sucks. Oh, God. I'm really sorry that you, I mean, you technically couldn't vote for this government, um, you know, child, but you know, it, uh, ooh, I wish there was something we could do, but sorry, you are paying the price because you have a terrorist government, right? Okay, let's skip down. Let's continue with CNN. We're on the theme. Here is an, another uh, IDF spokesperson uh, openly saying, um, you know what, this whole distinction with civilians and Hamas, no, 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 it's, it's about, it's a war on civilians as well. I tried to correct you to the answer. The war is not just with Hamas. The war is uh, with all the civilians. The war is not just with Hamas, it is with all of the civilians. There was no pushback on that. And it, a lot of people on you know, uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, have said, no, 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 there's a full context to this. And he continues, he says, all the civilians who believe we don't have the right to exist 
And we, okay, it's like, okay. So again, you're blaming civilians, children, because you think that they believe a thing that they might not even think, and that's why they deserve to be buried under rubble. Okay, that's fine. No matter what comes after, it's also a war on all the civilians, does not justify a war on civilians. We're talking about international war crimes. But don't take it from him. Take it from uh, Isaac Herzog, the president of Israel. It's not true. This rhetoric about civilians not, aware, not aware, not involved, it's absolutely not true. They could have risen up. They could have fought against that evil regime, which took over Gaza in a coup d'etat. But we're at war. They could have done something. They could have risen up. What do you want me to do? The fact that you didn't rise up against Hamas means you are a terrorist. I mean, by the same logic, that is straight up terrorist logic, right? By the same logic, bin Laden is blaming all Americans and the people, the innocent people in the multiple sites that were hit on 9-11-2001 for all the actions of their government. That is the exact same logic. Well, you could have risen up. You could have stopped it. You could have risen up. You could have done something about it. It is targeting. It is collective punishment. That is, that's what it is. And that is a war crime. Don't look at me, Lib. I'm not your enemy. I'm just showing you. I'm holding an effing mirror to what this actually is. No, nobody's hedging. You, you realize the Israeli government's not hedging. Nobody's hedging. It's war. There's bloodlust. All right? So don't hedge. Don't hedge. Stop your hedging. Because the government's not hedging. So don't you hedge with me. Finally, and this I don't have video for, but this was from uh, an opposition party that actually um, is not even that right wing in Israel. A woman named Merav Ben-Ari from the Yair Lapid opposition party um, said, children are responsible. That's what she said. The children of Gaza are responsible. There was a backlash to that. Someone else in the Knesset said something that, no, 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 that how dare you say that? But that's what was said. So guys, again, the semantics, the hand-wringing, you know who's not hand-wringing? Hand-wringing? The IDF, the Israeli military, there's no hand-wringing. There's no question. Yeah, they can say the human shield line, which is such a funny line. I love the idea that, like, you, like, oh, man, they were just, they strapped children to their fronts and backs, so I had to shoot through the kids. Your Honor, I had to shoot through the kids to get to the bad guy. Well, looks to me like you're innocent. Looks to me like this is self-defense. Case closed. In what court of law? But besides that, they're not, they don't even need the human shields line, which is such a dumb line. They don't even need the human shields line because they're openly saying it. Believe them when they tell you who they are. That's all I have to bitch about um, is the fact that we're not believing still somehow what the Israeli government is copping to openly. Um, but with that, and I am... A little mad. <laughs> We're going to get into a few more angles on this, of course. And I gave you all his accolades. So let me just welcome this wonderful man in. Uh, please welcome Raphael Shimunov. Um, Raf, I know you've been a part of some incredible actions lately uh, in terms of 
you know, Jewish Voices for Peace, I mean, broadly and the organization, but, but you know, Jews who are calling for a ceasefire, who are saying, please do not weaponize our pain um, for more destruction and more murder. So tell me about what you've been involved in. Oh, hello. Thanks for having me again. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, that uh, that bituate that bituating is that what yeah yeah, bituating? yeah bituating. <laughs> opening bituation, and I didn't know you could be a, a friend of a podcast that way. Like like, <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're people now. You know they yeah. get tax breaks and everything. Yeah, I haven't found them, but apparently they're there. <laughs> I do have a girlfriend. It's a podcast in Canada. I swear. <laughs> um, yeah, we we actually I've been largely documenting a lot of these things, uh, but I also took action in the initial one in New York where uh, a coalition, usually these things have been done very separately uh, across different uh, Jewish uh, anti-apartheid groups. Um, and this time, I think it called for this just like put our beefs away <laughs> and come together yeah. moment. And that's what happened in New York, where thousands of people emerged in front of Chuck Schumer's uh, home and uh, demanded uh, an immediate ceasefire and a return of hostages and all of the all of the things to help de-escalate and and find solutions to this at the root versus uh, bombing the hell out of children. Um, so in that action in particular, uh, we took arrest. We we blocked the roads uh, around his home. Mm -hmm. The police warned us and ended up uh, arresting um, uh, over 50 of us. Um, and then that followed with an action in D.C. Uh, where we and an even larger group uh, from all over the country, actually, with If Not Now, uh, surrounded the White House. We blocked every entrance and exit to the White House, so there's mm -hmm. no traffic at all uh, for pretty much half the day there. And Secret Service arrested uh, another almost 60 uh, people, and there was thousands that showed up there as well. And then we followed that in that same week in D.C. We went up to, with JVP, Jewish Voice for Peace, we went up to uh, the rotunda in Congress, where you know, yep. visit freely all your uh, representatives, uh, and we went through the metal detectors, did all the right things. This was not a coup; <laughs> this was a very much <laughs> protected free speech. And we had uh, uh, what was it? I think ten thousand people show up outside, uh, and uh, five hundred people enter the rotunda at the same time. And ten thousand people is massive. It was the largest Jewish action standing alongside Palestinians in history anywhere in the world. I mean that and that's that's huge and that that's wonderful to be able to to claim that to say that and to, you know, yeah. continue these actions. I mean also just a couple thousand outside of Schumer Schumer's house. That is a massive action for New York. His co-op you know? board hates him. Like that's our goal <laughs> is to get him to <laughs> off his co-op. They were, yeah, yeah, they're having meetings right now. Look, there are bigger <laughs> problems, but these protesters. Um, I did want to ask you because, you know, as much as, and thankfully there has been some coverage of that, although it, I have not seen it framed as the largest, you know, Palestine solidarity protest uh, by Jews, you know, in history or in the world right now, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a 
sidebar, this happened, there's a call for ceasefire, these are progressive Jews. And at the same time, you know, the New York Times and other outlets are um, doing a lot of like, there was a recent article about progressive Jews feel abandoned. (laughs) And, you know, and and it was specifically um, people who felt abandoned by the broader left Mm -hmm. that um, somehow were not standing with Israel enough in their war la 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 so there's it seems to be like there's this divide right and um as the uh, anointed uh, rep for all jews in, in, in the united states no but i guess i wanted you to speak to that divide and also um you know i guess what like why are we seeing this change why do we see this divide who do you see coming out to these actions? What are they saying? And, and what do you attribute to, I guess, the turning and the understanding that, like, the Israeli government truly does operate a system of apartheid on the Palestinian people? Um, yeah, so talk about that. What you actually opened with uh, was really interesting, and that is how Israelis just say what it is um, and admit things. Like, uh, if you look up any historical documentary or anything, uh, Israeli heads of security and prime ministers almost always say, I would be doing the same thing as Palestinians do if I was Palestinian. They're very open about it. And they're very open about like might is right. Like they're like, we did this because we can and we must. You know what I mean? And of course, there's like some understand, not justification, but understandings to their motivation. However, uh, however, they are war crimes. the, the 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 fight here now in the U.S. JVP has been around for decades, uh, if not now since 2014, since the last huge assault on Gaza, which killed yeah. so many people and actually brought me into the issue. I actually was doing other work. I was like uh, I was working at a legal organization. We were uh, doing other things, and I saw these kids out there doing a prayer for the dead and in Hebrew outside of a Jewish institution that supports apartheid. And uh, they didn't stop with the Hebrew names. They did the prayer for every name. Um, Mm. And I was really moved by, by that. That was very different to me than taking a side. And I grew up very Zionist, not very politically Zionist, but raised. It's like infused in our culture and our prayers and our tradition spiritually mm-hmm. uh, but as someone from central asia as a uzbek jew as a buharian jew in central asia our name was israel it was us so when we say we're going to israel we meant we're this is the crew wherever we are we're going to this crew uh, and, and there are jewish uh principles going to uzbekistan or just going to chill with my like no, uzbek we were israel we our oh, people oh. were called israel in uzbekistan so oh, oh, if yeah, we all yeah. moved to New Jersey, we would just be like Israel, like where the home is where the hat lays, right? Like right, right, right. <laughs> and there is a tradition in even European Jewry called Daikat, which is hereness. It's like home is where we are. And there was a big fission early on uh, during the early rumblings of Zionism, political Zionism. There was this movement that said, no, we should be making self uh, you know, uh, make ourselves safe and thrive anywhere we are, build democracies yeah. everywhere we are, not uh, build another ghetto for us to live in. I'm learning about that actually through Doppelganger, you know, uh, Naomi Klein's new book. She's going to be on next week and she talks a lot about the Boondist movement and yes. that that idea of hereness. Um, yeah. In But yeah, but then, but so then how did you come to this issue? What was it about 2014? Huh. Um 
yeah. For what did that look like? It was really um, having been indoctrinated uh, to one side, but seeing another actually practice uh, our faith and our traditions towards some goal, so actual real life goal versus talking about the past and the glory of the past and the horrors of the past, uh, talking about the future and solving problems here right now. Um, and there was this powerful thing where when I joined that group, if not now, early on, uh, and I recited those names, as I recited the Hebrew names, which were, we would recite the name and the age. And it would mm. be like Moisha something 35, you know, uh, David something 27. And a man stopped, an older man, very old, grabbed me by my arm and thanked me and looked like he was in tears from just how proud he was. And he told me how proud I am to see Jewish stuff, young people doing Jewish things on the street and uh, honoring people who, you know, who need to be honored. And as he's holding my arm in this loving, sweet way, which just filled me, filled me with love, his grip started getting tighter and tighter as the names began to change. And the names mm. became Muhammad and the names became Leah. The names be and the numbers became lower, three years old, two years old. And those names were Palestinian names. And he was so offended that we were, we were singing and praying in Hebrew for these names. When, and immediately that grip on the, my arm turned into a grasp and he wanted, mm. to, he, he wanted to hurt me in that moment where I had to pull myself away from him. And I just saw the power of reclaiming us. And, and also, like we did this week, there was this narrative that Jews are united to bomb for an eye for a thousand eyes. Mm -hmm. We're united for that. And we're mm -hmm. not. And the media kept repeating it. Institutions kept repeating it. Everyone kept repeating it, uh, uh, Biden, elected officials, everyone. And we needed to do something to make sure everyone knows and everyone who's lazy out there reporting has to say that it, this is not unified. And I think we did that. Absolutely. I mean, and I guess one of the things I've been talking about a little bit is the the ways in which, you know, if you were born in like, the 80, the 70s or 80s, you're a little bit older, you know, I think that you came of age at a time where like the peace process was maybe sort of still alive, right? Um, and Arafat was still alive. And like, there was sort of this like, uh, you know, the Camp David, and it's gonna happen. And you know, and like, um, you know, I'm, I'm finding myself like watching like frontline documentaries yeah. about like, you know, frontline. Oslo, I'm like, Oh, God, I got to do this frontline voice, man, oh, please no. save me. Everything He's he says, I believe with that. voice. Oh, 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 he could tell me fucking anything. And I would believe it. Um, That's like my propaganda is PBS frontline. Kill your parents. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, But but you know, and he obviously, like the assassination of Itzat Rabin, I'm like, Oh, shit, dude, I forgot about that. I didn't mm. even know. Of course, this is, you know, uh, he was assassinated for you know brokering a deal um with uh arafat and um and to create basically to remove settlements yeah. some settlements from the west bank i forgot he anyway. was assassinated by the people in power now people well, forget yeah. that yeah people in power now were illegal in israel they were illegal they were designated as terrorists kahanist terrorists in the u.s and in canada they would bomb they'd send bombs to u.s presidents and now they're in charge of uh of Israel and now we're backing them. Yeah. 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 No, it's the, the most psycho, the most fundamentalist, um, yeah. the most extreme. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, but, but, uh, but also that I think a lot of young Jews maybe don't like 
I don't know, maybe they skipped the birthright trip and or they've like they've come of age and of politicization. First of all, let's remember like two things. One, I think, is the politics of Israel being under Bibi and again, very far right. These end these wars on Gaza every few years uh, until the point where, again, I think it was in 2014 where my mom was like, this seems a little crazy. And my mom is really <laughs> apolitical uh, around this issue, especially. Um, but then also we're talking about 25 year olds or something who lived through the U.S. war on terror, who's seen the Islamophobia, who's seen, you know, the American government do the same thing. And and so, you know, let's not forget that this is the indoctrination isn't sticking as much as it used to when it comes to sort of blind support for war um, and dehumanization. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that, but oh, yeah. absolutely. We've seen paradigm shift, um, not even just in the younger groups, but we see open questioning. We see things happening. We see those charges of anti-Semitism still very harmful, the smears of it, uh, very harmful and dangerous still, but getting weaker and weaker. Um, and we yeah. also see now like that it's not just these uh, legacy Jewish organizations, but the majority of Zionists, as you've covered on this show many times, the majority of Zionists in the U.S., money and people are Christian, are, are right-wing Christians. And um, they are giddy. I always listen to the radio, the bridge or something, and somehow they patch it through New York. I don't know how they get to New York, but they get to New York. And <laughs> I'm just driving in the middle of New York City and hearing this preacher uh, basically giddy with joy about what's happening because uh, this is fomenting the end times that they they require to get a to get off wow terrifying i mean and that's the kind of am radio that you know this landlord was listening to before he you know murdered his tenants yeah. uh six-year-old yeah. palestinian boy um but i did was just want to bring up to to that point and this is beyond just american jews but uh, american you know this this polling just dropped it's important to to bring it up again um you know Israel-Hamas conflict, what should the U.S. do now? 76% of Americans say send humanitarian aid to Israel. 72% use diplomacy with countries in the region. 57% send humanitarian aid to Palestinians in Gaza. Mm. And just 48% say send weapons and supplies to Israel. And what do you think Biden is doing? <laughs> We're sending or trying to send even more weapons to Israel. Mm. Um Here's another uh, specifically on the weapons to Israel thing. Should the U.S. send weapons supplies to Israel? Only 47 percent of Democrats and 45 percent of independents, which I was surprised by. Um, and then should not 53 percent and 55 percent of in more independents say no. And then Republicans, 57 percent say yes. And 43, you know, again, with that sort of as you were mentioning, sort of the, the, the far right um, Christian nationalist plan. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> for that, though, Jesus, you know, to rise again. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Jews will succumb, convert or succumb. I love that. Like, what do you mean by expand on succumb? Um, but like, you know, that's some polling we didn't see before. You know, yeah, that's some polling. Remarkable. That yeah. It is remarkable to see that. And also to know as someone who has knocked on doors, you two, I like like that. the way you pose a question really and the way you give context to a question so those numbers are even probably higher if you give someone full context of what's going on yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and and so there's so much we could say about this but i did want to bring in because i had been personally waiting for 
the celebs to speak. <laughs> I mean, it had been about a week and you didn't see specifically calls for ceasefire or mentioning anything about what was going on. I think the most famous person that maybe said something, I think Rami Youssef posted photos from a shoot or a trip that he went on to Gaza. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's, that is the most we got. Obviously, John Cusack, obviously, <laughs> Susan Sarandon. I put them a little they're bit in a different category. They're a word ally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're allies. We have you the know. signature already as like a template. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I got to get John on this show at some point. <laughs> I could get John um, on this show. I'll talk. Okay, hell yeah. That dude retweets me all the time. But anyway, so <laughs> other than that, I was like, who else? And you even saw, again, like even Arab American, uh, like, uh, celebrities and 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 South Asian celebrities sort of quiet on this issue. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously say nothing of DJ Khaled, who I feel like everyone's like, yo, when will DJ Khaled <laughs> say anything? That's going to be his biggest hit to watch. You'll see. Oh, my God. He's going to come in like a year <laughs> of bombing. He'll be like, it's time to write a song for peace. Like, oh, dude. Um, and another but, one that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this was interesting, though. Um, I'll bring it up on our side here because this then came out, I think, earlier this week, um, which is this call for a ceasefire, artists for ceasefire, specifically saying ceasefire, again, a dirty word in Congress, a dirty word unless you, you know, are part of the squad, um, a word that was said to uh, warned about in the State Department. Do not say this word. Do not say de-escalation. But a word, of course, that the United Nations has called for um, and that the United that the United States vetoed. So this is you know, artists and advocates, da 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 da, da. They're calling, they say you, United States Congress, UNICEF, Doctors Without Borders, the Red Cross, they're saying, please, international law, stop the killing, stop the bombing. Um, they also ask for a safe release of hostages, um, who if anyone knows anything about hostage situations, usually bombing the places where hostages are doesn't help. Um, and there were a lot of folks. I mean, Adam McKay, that's sort of a, you know, a no brainer, but Alyssa Milano, happy to see that. Uh, Ani DeFranco, I mean, come on, girl, you bit, you like got people woke to Palestine. Fuck out of here. No, but, um, you know, um, obviously Bassem oh, Yusuf, but like of course. Yeah. boots, of course, but you've got, look, Kate Blanchett, let's go with some A-listers. Um, oh, I mean, gee, Diplo, you got Dua Lipa on mm -hmm. here, right? Oh, yeah. She's um, always, she's always Florence Pugh, here we go. That's a B plus, A as an A lister. Hassan Minhaj, yeah. uh, Jeremy Strong, very exciting. Ilana Glazer, again, progressive Jew, right there. Kristen Stewart, pretty good. Macklemore, bro. Oh, he did a whole thing. On. Like he did a, didn't he do a song? He did something like he did like an anti-racist song. Or Mandy Patinkin, this is good. Mahershala Ali, Mark Ruffalo. I mean, that was a no-brainer. But like Oscar Isaac, Natalie Merchant, girl, I see you. Um, so like Riz Ahmed, so Sandra O, oh, on and on mm. and on. This is really, really good. But then interestingly, just the other day, there's another celebrity oh. open letter. Yeah. And they're asking for something. They're asking for a full release yeah. of all the Hamas hostages, which is weird because they're sending it to Joe Biden. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I don't know how many... Uh... What 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 car does Joe drive? That is it a Trans Am or IROC Z? What is it? But uh, I don't know how many hostages he could fit in there. <laughs> he should he should go down and, and release the hostages. How many can fit on his like you know three speed bike? Yeah, like one in a little basket, um, carrying folks around. Uh, no, so these are like 
maybe arguably bigger names. You got Madonna, you got Gwyneth, you got Bradley Cooper, that is. You got Chris Rock. And the letter is weird. It echoes, again, sort of an unproven claim about a bunch of beheaded infants, um, which has again not been proven um then and then there's like we want thank you for your unshakable moral conviction and leadership and support for the jewish people who've been terrorized by hamas since the group's founding yada 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 we all it's such an insult to the hostages to to bomb them and also to erase here it says 17 years that the group has been governing gaza that's the 17 years that gaza was sealed by israel this is just a vehicle to use celebrities who don't know better uh in this case uh these celebrities don't know better to as a vehicle to erase uh the siege of gaza that's occurred for that 17 years and also right. apartheid <laughs> since 40, right. you know 48 absolutely this this was like yo we will give all y'all access to like you know the biggest uh venues in tel aviv the next time you come tour yeah bradley <laughs> cooper who did that movie of that war criminal uh erasing his war crimes what's his name kyle uh, is this where he put on a prosthetic nose no that's another one <laughs> <laughs> i mean come on right. you want to talk about anti-semitic yeah. <laughs> bradley cooper with a goddamn prosthetic nose you fucking anti-semite trying to be yeah. a jew with a prosthetic <laughs> nose he's like already kind of has a long nose so it's just like the fact that he had to add he's like no i must what i must i need i need enhancements um there's a bunch of other and it's funny because you wonder like what of these like Jessica Biel, Zoe Saldana, like, did they not get, like, which one came first? Are there people who signed the first one who are like, fuck, you know? Um, but anyway, it, it's neither here nor there, but I think you're exactly right that it's not that Gwyneth was like, I'm penning a letter. It was like, this was a deliberate PR move from Israel that, and they got a, all, all these A-listers to sign on, which I think is really interesting because to your earlier point and what we were talking about, how inside of Israel, you know, sort of officials and, and, and uh, legislators and, and the IDF, of course, they're very open about, you know, what they're doing to the Palestinian people, but externally facing when it comes to PR campaigns, when it comes to, you know, free trips to Israel to see how wonderful it is. They are incredibly very handholdy with Americans, especially and American oh. influencers about, oh, no, we, you know, look, it's a shame. And if only other Arab countries could, uh, you know, uh, absorb the Palestinians. And, you know, uh, it, it is it's funny how they switch you not code switch but they switch their tune depending on who they're talking oh, yeah. to absolutely um and they also have these trips set up where you artificially meet arabs uh or that th they call israeli arabs like in the act of saying israeli arab that's palestinians who have israeli citizenship they call israeli arabs and yeah. uh and bedouin who they also uproot who have no any uh they actually voluntarily sign up for the idf and they're still uprooted from their land so there's no hamas there there's no um any excuse and they're still uprooted uh sephardi jews of mizrahi jews as well like you i know we don't need to go rehash all of this but but yeah the propaganda but maybe i mean we don't but we kind of like like i just just really like okay just i'm down look i know people of color who visited israel on their pr trips and they were straight up taken out of whatever group they were in because mm. they were because they were brown and they were put in a separate line to be searched and they were mm -hmm. treated differently because yeah. someone thought they were Arab or Muslim. That's it. Yeah. 
Like, like, and this is on the PR trip. And you're treating any person of color who goes on your PR trip differently. It's like, oh my God, you're supposed to act not racist when the Americans come around. They don't, they're so in it. And not, so are we in many ways in this country, but like they're oh, so in God. it that it's, it's, it's not even seen. It's just security, security. That's it. Like it's, right. everything's under that guys. And right. um, if they treat, you know, like when Buharians came to Israel, they were also given a, like a whole list of like why and North African Jews and Iraqi Jews and stuff came and, and uh, basically were given. Uh, this is why a lot of the people who were kidnapped and killed in the South are brown Jews, where they, that's where they incentivize us to live around these areas that are dangerous, that, that where rockets fall. So that's why a lot of the lists, a lot of my family uh, have connections to people who are missing um, and who were killed, like the two elderly people who were killed, uh, in that home, they're Buharian Jews, which is, you know, we only have a couple of hundred thousand people in the world. So the fact that there's so many Buharian Jews there that were taken or killed is like, you know, shaking our, our community and bringing. Can you explain people. that a little bit? So you're basically saying that there's like, you know, because yeah. you're, you're saying that where where Hamas was able to attack, there was a concentration of like yeah, this of is a, a Jewish minorities, the Gaza envelope um is is very it's like all around gaza uh and there's a line there there's a fence a military militarized fence where they're not allowed to leave and around that zone just like every nation historically every colonialist nation has buffers and mm -hmm. i'm not saying like some people went in, or maybe though some people went in the back of a smoky room and said let's put all the brown people here but that could have that could have happened because there are historic things in israel and the u.s everywhere that are like that but there's a systemic uh thing that uh has uh mizrahi which is you know uh, and uh, north african and Sephardi jews black jews uh Somehow in all of the dangerous places in the West Bank as settlers, because they're fully subsidized and they're in poverty, so it helps them to live more affordably and they're bought into the religious line. And then also around the Gaza envelope um, in parts of Jerusalem that are more dangerous. Uh, we're all we're all there. Mm. And, uh, it's a very powerful thing because the scariest thing to Israel is during its establishment was that Jews, uh, brown Jews like us were like, nah, I'm Iraqi. Mm -hmm. I'm Iranian, you know, right. like, uh, and they're like, no, you're not, you're not safe there. And what they did was like, there was a massacre in Iraq, for example, of Jews during the founding of Israel. And uh, that caused a lot of Jews to finally leave to Israel, almost all of them. And then we found out that that was actually uh, Zionist groups dressed as Arabs that killed us. So that we move to their for, for their for their thing. So the greatest threat was that we brown Jews and Arab Jews and and Muslim Jews would get together and be together. So it is in their interest to separate us and for us to be on the front lines of a lot of these things. Dude, that's fascinating. And I, I do remember reading about those attacks. I mean, not reading, excuse me, learning about those attacks when I studied this in college, pretty much under a one wonderful professor, Timothy Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Um, who who's just a just a great Middle East scholar and uh, learning about those attacks that sort of justified a lot of the mm. yeah migration specifically from the Middle East into Israel and and but that is it reminds me and I know he he is canceled in my book and fuck him in my book because of his anti-trans hate but 
of you know the famous Chappelle bit of oh, taking yeah. hostages who are brown you know oh, yeah. like yeah. that you don't take brown hostages because nobody negotiates for them and then it's just so like biting and scary because you're like look at these you know almost 200 hostages still who you know despite the celebrities cries to release them it's like who is actually working to release them you know um are they seen as expendable um, and that uh, formerly and still canceled comic, uh, Dave Chappelle, did scream at his fans mm. um, after uh, someone in the audience accused, uh, basically said boo when he accused Pal uh, Israel of, of war crimes. Oh, and then he was it. like, wow. yeah, he was like, get out of my show. What are you doing? <laughs> wow. Um, fans walk out at, after Dave Chappelle accuses Israel of war crimes, U.S. of supporting slaughter. Yeah. Of course, this is a certain headline, but uh other headlines are like Dave Chappelle heckled and then handled it. And apparently there were there was a lot of applause. Yes, he was. Yeah. He's, he's doing stadium. So he walks some of the audience. This, but a lot of no, a lot. No of one tell Dave there's there's trans Palestinians like do not tell him. <laughs> no do not tell him. Me. This must be protected. <laughs> oh, God. Um, You know, and that that is so I don't want to go into all of them. But like, you know, you've got in terms of the comedians. You got Amy Schumer kind of losing her goddamn mind, oh, and I man. have to say, this was this was the kind of the one of the worst that she posted on Instagram. Okay. John Marco Sarezi, who's been on this show multiple times, he finally tweeted this out. He's like, "This is like you know a star of David," and it says, first they came for the LGBTQ, and I stood up because love is love. Then they came for immigrants, and I stood up because families belong oh. together. Then they came for Black community, and I stood up because Black Lives Matter. Then they came for me, but I stood alone because I am a Jew, and it's just like. Oh. There's so much wrong with this, the transactional solidarity there. There's people who are like, why did mm. I ever give to Black Lives Matter? Why did mm. I ever support them if they're not going to, you know, be in full support of Israel? But then it's like, did no one stand? Is no one standing up for Israel? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, there is, I miss there, that. There is a, a, a nuance here um, that does, sure. explains but doesn't justify right like what they are doing like what how, why they're so triggered one of it is mm -hmm. kind of interesting because early on there were images of the hand gliders and yes. early on there was this image of a bulldozer passing the fence um and to gazan palestinians in gaza uh i don't like to say gazans because and a lot of palestinians tell me don't say gazans because they were all over everyone in Gaza used to be all over Israel and then they were right. pushed into this, in this concentration area right, or right. area or I don't know enclave as according to a lot of media enclave <laughs> sect territory yeah camp, some camp ghetto camp uh, maybe camp uh, mm -hmm. yeah. prison unclear um so yeah so they were pushed in there and uh initially a lot of groups like BLM Chicago and all these other groups celebrated a prison break uh, they right. didn't they didn't they're not connecting it to these stories that were coming out. Our media is very siloed and one group is getting this story and another group is getting the prison break story and right. it's an image of a person leaving an open air prison with a hand glider. It's kind of incredible. But putting together the later information that came out, maybe that guy was the guy who went into that the, the uh, home and murdered people. Yeah, yeah. And murdered people. And also there's also this varied a response if you hear the israeli news they are interviewing people who had their homes broken into and some of them of course murdered horribly hurt threatened kidnapped and others saying yeah no my guys were like i'm just muslim I, i'm never gonna hurt you uh can i have mm -hmm. a banana they seemed hungry that's what they said or they took my car or they asked for the car and my husband says no i need it for work and then they just left 
So there was like very, it's a lot of the focus here is on Hamas, but there's all of these things were part of a lot of different groups. And in particular, there's a group, uh, there, there are groups, youth groups who are not driven ideologically, religiously, who are like defend their neighborhoods, especially in the West Bank, uh, mm -hmm. who just get obliterated by Israeli forces and settlers and are, are, are probably among the most favored in Palestinian, by Palestinians uh, in terms of resistance. So it's a, it's a very complicated thing. I get some people seeing people celebrating those images initially being like, wow, they're celebrating what Hamas did there. Uh, but no, we need to expand this conversation. We need to understand each other more. Um, right. And it was taken down. And it also, yeah, it was crass and stupid, but it was also like one group in one city in one thing. And again, I say this to everybody. It's like, it doesn't, if you see a sign you don't like, you don't have to agree with every single sign you see. Um, you know, it is, and it is very different than like, um, a swastika at a MAGA rally. Like if there's a swastika at a MAGA, if there's a swastika, I think we all know you probably shouldn't associate with that, especially if they're using a swastika positively. Yeah. You don't really associate, but I do think that like, if there's like, if you don't, if you're not, I think Zionism is a great word that people get really hung up on. If you're not ready or you don't like when people say anti-Zionist, cause that feels to you yeah. like you're equating that with like, Oh, Israel doesn't have a right to exist, which doesn't mean that at all. And Israel does exist and it will continue to exist. The question is under what conditions and who is included and who yeah. lives in occupation. Right? Like, you don't you it's okay to still go to that protest just because someone says i don't like zionism doesn't mean you also have to like utilize that exact same they, phraseology. They apply that to themselves when they go to an israel protest and someone is saying their own version of river to the sea which apparently includes also jordan and parts of egypt <laughs> to these right-wingers they they don't they don't agree with that but they're in a rally with that person oh i mean come on we don't don't even get me started. I just think it's like we get so hung up on semantics in this country. Like yeah. people are arguing that the river to the sea line it means genocide or that it, it like that people want you dead. Yeah. People are being genocided yeah. right now. I'm sorry that a slogan hurt your fucking feelings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, are your feelings buried under rubble? Are your feelings uh, have been decapitated by a bomb? Are your feelings in a yeah. hospital? Are your feelings in a fucking incubator right now? losing electricity i'm sorry about your feelings yeah clearly i feel very strongly I mean, it's, it's, in our rallies we've had family members people related to those who were killed israelis who were killed and lost as well as palestinian but those families who people are parading right now are saying in israel are saying that the israeli government abandoned them that are they're using yeah. their name and their their story for war that they're not talking to them they're not supporting them at all in fact it's an arab village a palestinian village in north of israel who is the site of one of its worst massacres during uh Nabka, right the worst massacres and they're opening their doors to jews who need housing after that attack Wow, this is much more. Uh, you will find everything you're looking for in this thing. It's, it's your choice yes. what you decide is representative of everything. Right. Meanwhile, there is a reality on the ground, and that is, you know, five thousand Palestinians dead and counting. Yes. But you're right. There's massive dissent in Israel too, and there's dissent from from. I mean, again, we want to paint it with either left or right, or they are are they against the occupation or not? 
But in the immediate, it is people like you're saying who feel like the government has abandoned yes. their family members who might still be alive. Um, and the release of recent hostages, I think, should offer some hope. Yeah. But man, it would be we would be lying if we said that that Israel and the United States were doing everything in their power to bring the hostages back. We'd be lying. Yeah. Um, let let us take a pause and maybe we'll come back to a it's a little Cornell West discussion. Um, but I wanted to bring in um, because she's been waiting so patiently and I'm such a big fan of her work an author of so many books and a columnist for Jacobin and the New Republic, contributing writer to the nation. Uh, Liza Featherstone is here. Liza, how are you? Hi, I'm well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And you're, um, you have a new piece in, in these times called New York Socialist One, Big on Climate. How did it happen? It's such a good piece. And I, and I hope, Raf, you can, you can chime in because um, it has to do, uh, you know, with the New York left and what, Specifically, Democratic Socialists for America, DSA, who have stupidly been under fire for their comments around Israel-Palestine. But before that, um, truly got a concrete win in the New York, in New York State, which was this New York Build Public Renewables Act, the BPRA. Can you explain what the New York Build Public Renewables Act is and why it is really groundbreaking because of how much it sort of shunts like the free market? Sure. Um, and by the way, I really appreciate the discussion that you guys have been having. Um, I really learned a lot. Um, so and um, and and like everyone else, I feel like I have been um, absorbing quite a lot of information um, on on this conflict. But I still was able to learn a lot of things I didn't know from your conversation. So I thank you for that. Oh my God, we're just trying to pay you back for all your awesome work. But yes. <laughs> no, no. Um, so yeah, so build public renewables. Um, it almost feels like um, a little wrong to talk about good news this week, um, just because the the news um, uh, the, the news the news from Gaza has been so um, awful. Um, but um, but. Yeah, we did do this thing. Um, the um, the build public renewables um, is a new law requiring that um, the state of New York um, use public money to build renewable energy. Um, so um, it's um, and it's it's different from a lot of climate legislation, um, which um, you know even. Um, really big um, climate legislation at the federal level, um, like the IRA, um, in Inflation Reduction Act, um, or the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, anything like that, um, tends to um, emphasize um, in incentivizing private companies to do things, like through tax breaks, through subsidies. Um, it, um, it, it tends um, that at most climate legislation in the U.S. is like, kind of like a big peace offering to capitalists like totally. pretty please um don't burn up the planet anymore let us give you some goodies <laughs> you know yeah. like that's yeah. Yeah, that's the general model and you know as somebody who does not want the planet to be burned um, for myself or my children or grandchildren like i i, I get uh, that's good i'm glad that we are right. you're like dangle the carrots sure yeah, yeah yeah dangle them the carrots give them the candy um but 
um, this um, the build public renewables was a paradigm shift from that because um, it um, it mandates that the renewables be built um, in the public interest um, and reg and controlled by a public body. So it's essentially um, it's essentially like a public option, like when, yeah. like around healthcare, when we, um, when we used to talk about healthcare. I love how you have to explain that because we're so distanced from what it could mean that something was like actually government, like run by the government, funded by the government. We're like, wait a minute. So like, um, Tesla is not building this, like it's not a contract with a, no, 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 no. It's literally, yeah, they're going to own, the people will own it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but at the same time, it's not like, um, I mean, it's it's not like a full socialist takeover of the whole energy industry. So that's why I'm kind of clarifying it's like a public option. It's like how we used to talk about um, like a how uh, like a compromise between people who wanted totally um, who wanted single payer health care and um, and people who wanted <laughs> the same old crap that we have. Um, like the public option was kind of like a middle ground. Um, so this is the, this is this, this is that. For, for energy essentially, um, and um, and it's um, it, it's a big deal. Um, um, I mean, and and um, and five years ago, it would have been really um, unthinkable. Um, what is does it mandate a certain amount of money or a certain amount of like solar or wind? Like, is it is it that specific or is it? Um you know, is it more vague in, in its parameters? Um, it mandates that, uh, it mandates that we um, build the renewable energy um, that, so the private sector is going to be presumably making, uh, making some renewable energy too. Um, but they were, um, they were lagging way behind um, our state mandated goals. Um, so we had, so in 2019, um, climate activists passed um, a, a, um, a bill um, setting targets. That's right. the other um, preferred, um, you know, uh, you know um, rich country mode of doing climate legislation is mm -hmm. um, making a big deal of setting targets. Um, yeah, vision, <laughs> vision boarding for fossil yeah, fuel. Rather than, which, which gets a lot of headlines, but... Um, but it would be better if we would focus on meeting targets. Doing the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always wonder who's supposed to implement yeah. that. I think I asked the head of like the UN like <laughs> climate conference. I was like, what happens when people, you know, countries don't meet their renewable like benchmarks? Do you unleash the monster underneath the Fukushima Daiichi plant? Like, is that what? Like, like, you know, like, because there's yeah. nothing. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna start a ground invasion. Like, yeah. you know, like, here we go. I um, mean, we don't even put them in stocks and set them up in the town square and throw things at them. Like, we don't I know. Really at do least that. we <laughs> could do that. Just tar and feather them. Yeah. Um, um, but no, um, there's no, um, so, so we passed um, in 2019, we passed a bill that set, uh, that set targets um, and the build public renewables will actually um, help us to meet the targets when the uh, private sector inevitably fails to meet them as right. we are um, unfortunately pretty confident that it will. And you talk about this campaign and how um, my the, my favorite part about the campaign is actually how um, offensive it was and how <laughs> yeah, uh, how like not nice it was. And yeah. so tell me about how the DSA moved from maybe working with legislators to primarying their legislators. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, um, so 
you know, um, DSA is pretty new to um, having elected officials to, you know, having elected officials um, that um, and 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 in some ways creating some new models for how organizations could work with elect elected officials like the the sort of traditional model was, um, uh, you know, and so actually, I'm active in my union's um, elections, and um, and so we've seen I've seen this um, up close. Like you, you have um, you invite them in, they convince you to endorse them, you endorse them, then you beg them to do the things that you want, and um, they occasionally will do those things if it's in their interest, or if you protest really hard, or you know sometimes they will not, and sometimes you'll protest really hard and think it's in their interest, and they will still not do the things. Um, you know, and that's that's sort of the usual model of how organizations relate to um, to elected officials. And and DSA over the last few years has um, been um, forging a different model where um, people, the people who run for office, come out of the organization um, and um, and are running for office because they want to advance those specific um, socialist goals. And then there's a very um, then there's sort of a very intimate back and forth between um, the members and the elected officials. And there's like a whole, um, you know, there are committees that are, you know, sort of specifically to work with them on legislation. Um, and so, so this is the Build Public Renewals, Re Renewables is one of the bigger um, outcomes of that effort. Um, and, um, and it creates a little. It, it's it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult dance for the um, elected officials themselves because it really requires them to break with um, Albany etiquette, to break with them um, the business as usual of how you are a politician, um, right. because because which is really great <laughs> um, because um, really great for the public um, because the um, the tr the traditional model of how you are a politician is very um, collegial and backslappy with each other. Um, you know, very, um, you know, you do things behind closed doors, you don't insult your colleagues, um, you, um, you, um, you know, you, you sponsor things very transactionally for other, um, other, you know, you sign my bill, I'll sign yours. Yeah. Um, you know, and, um, and, and, and the first year or so, you know that was working um, okay for for advancing some of DSA's goals, um, but um, they um, they got a huge um, rent relief rent renters rights package through um, in 2019. Um, a lot of progressive um, other progressive legislators um, worked um, with DSA housing groups um, worked on that really hard, um, but. Um, but with build, build public renewables, um, they found um, it was um, it was just not working. Um, yeah. For um, for one thing, um, legislators were um, had by this time gotten used to some of DSA's tactics. Um, so so one of DSA's tactics was to, um, which sounds like a really banal tactic, was to get people to call their legislators. But people in Albany were so unaccustomed to hearing from their constituents so that the first couple of years, it was wild. Like people were like, <laughs> oh, God. They were like, whoa, yeah. yeah. 
if people really care about this, like I, I better do something. And then after a while, they kind of caught, they kind of were like, okay. They were like, oh, send a voicemail. I'm a genius. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Right. So, um, so, so, the, so, so those, so, so those kinds of tactics did, were, were no longer working. Um, and, um, and they, um, and they also realized that people who would, um, would say they sponsored the leg they would agree to co-sponsor the legislation um, and not in good faith. Um, so an uh, uh, example of that was a politician named Kevin Parker, um, a, a state senator from Brooklyn. And he who was- Who brought the legislation, right? Who yes, was sponsoring it. He agreed to sponsor the legislation. And- um, and as one of the um, what, as as one of the DSA activists said to me, um, we were even though we were socialists, we were not cynical enough um, about these people. <laughs> um, so he he got he so he, because Parker agreed to sponsor the legislation and then never introduced it, never tried to get anyone else to co-sponsor it. When DSA would go to Kevin Parker's colleagues and say, "Can you sign on? Can you co-sponsor this?" Um, and they would say, well, we never um, sponsor bills unless the main sponsor has asked us to. And then they realized um, they'd been they'd been had. And they looked they must at arrive this. with a feather pen at the <laughs> Yes, the exactly. The and so then and, and they looked at then they looked at his campaign donations and saw enormous donations from um, the fossil fuel industry and from utility companies. Um, and then they noticed that um everyone else who would conceivably be responsible for pushing um, um, any kind of energy legislation was also getting these big donations from the fossil fuel industry. That's so my biggest question. Like, how the hell did they break through that? I mean, you're going to yeah. get to that. But I mean, looking at California, like we're fucked. Like our legislature is just awash in fossil fuel money. I mean, they're yeah. swimming in it. Yeah. So anyway. It's the, one of the, the biggest. Continues. Yeah, it's one of the biggest problems. So, um, so the first not nice thing they did was put Kevin Parker and all of these other politicians' um, heads on signs shaped like Venmo sign with all the um, fossil fuel um, demonstration with all the fossil fuel donation amounts. Oh, that's mean. On these signs. That's so um, mean. Yes, it was so mean. And the politicians were very upset um, and did not like this at all and did not think it was very um, collegial. Um, and, um, and, they, um, and then they were like, okay, you know, we, but they were like, okay, we got to do more than just um, humiliate them. Um, and, um, and they, um, and, and, you know, at some point they had a conversation with, um, a sympathetic, you know, Senator who was not from DSA and they asked him, okay, should we, um, should we try to be nicer or should we try to be more negative? And he said, being, going negative is always better. Um, and, and they were like, okay. Um, and, um, and so, um, so, so they, um, decided to, uh, primary Kevin Parker, the bill's lead sponsor, love it, um, which is um, just completely at odds with how things are done. Um, it's not what the Sierra Club would have done, um, as someone I interviewed said. Um, and uh, um, and they um, didn't win. Um, David David Alexis was the candidate, um, but 
um, they eventually got Kevin Parker's um, passionate and fervent support of the bill um, because they, um, the campaign against him um, was a good one and had a lot of heart um, and was not just a well-intentioned symbolic campaign, but one with a lot of momentum right. um, in the community. And, um, and, um, and, so, so that was um that was one of the many things they they did but definitely not not playing nice was important and um and is pretty um rare for environmental um advocates like environmental yeah. advocates tend to be very um um very very nice and collegial within the system very um you know, so like <laughs> they'll they'll plant a tree for every time uh, you don't bring the bill to the floor. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and, and but I also think that this strategy specifically is so inside outside because you have yeah. DSA backed candidates exactly. in the in the legislature in Albany, um, so that's huge. And then you've got sort of the ground game pressure of yeah, you, the street signs, the fun exactly. stuff, the like the you know the rabble rousers, you know, and you've got the electoral strategy. So you're in exactly. literally all sides of this yeah. um and i also think that as someone who says i think i wonder how this translates to the federal level because there's part of me that feels like it can work in places like albany sacramento like these like mm -hmm. state capitals where like you know uh, nameless legislators are like gee i don't want my name on that side you know but but on a federal level i feel like we don't have to talk about that but i'm like but they're used to being humiliated. It's right, exactly. Well. The, the, the echelon of power is so much higher. The mm -hmm. barrier, the, the, you know, the, their actual fear of being ousted in a primary is a lot higher. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know, Raph, did you want to weigh in here on, on this campaign or like, you know, maybe some of the ways that, uh, I mean, I think it's interesting the ways that New York has, I mean, let's be real, y'all, set us back nationally when it comes to... Oh, yeah. um, representation in congress oh my god awful yeah th then it's nice to see that like sort of internally the state isn't necessarily swinging right in the way that it is you know on the yeah yeah, yeah. but um we do feel super guilty about what happened yeah, we're really sorry and we should you should be yeah, yeah. I'm really sorry fuck you yeah yeah i'm bullying my uh my my greta how dare you yeah yeah, yeah totally which, which all by the way like all those seats i mean with this whole speakership bullshit it's like i think all those seats must should be trembling they should be very very scared i mean there's in terms of some dsa pickups mm -hmm. there's some there's some uh districts out there that are ripe for the taking mm -hmm. uh depending on where this current gop takes congress but anyway raf did you want to weigh yeah, in I on mean, this i, I was the, the the biggest thing to me in this campaign was sometimes we win big and in new york and uh, the governor kind of moderates whatever with a sneaky way and divides us. And then like some other version of the bill passes mm -hmm. and it's not really right. great. Like, and somehow you all DSA and others avoided that. And and she tried, she actually tried to, to divide everyone on it and, and make a, what do they call it? The light version of it or the, the, B, the BPRA yeah. light. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so how did, how did, how did you, hold on to all of the the principles i think almost yeah. all of them yeah yeah that was a really interesting thing um so um it's so the, yeah kathy Ho governor kathy hochel um 
who just like who barely won her election um as you've been right. um alluding to she was um almost defeated by an absolute maniac um Lee Zeldin um very conservative um trumper um and um and her response to that was um was to um, um, to veer to the right, of course, um, rather than to rather than to veer to the left, um, which is you know even though like we know at the last minute who is really knocking doors um, for a Democratic candidate, it's not the most right wing Democrats that are busting their butts to do that, right? Um, so but she so, but that was not she did not draw that lesson from her um, her near her 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 very close victory um and um and she introduced the the bpr a light which was very divisive it stripped the bill of its labor provisions which were incredibly important um and around it, union union work or yeah, around uh -huh. um, so so it it mandates it, it it mandates labor standards um and um you know and um unionized jobs um to be created by um, by the public renewables um and um she also stripped it from um, from it um some specific environmental justice provisions um in, including the closing of key um, um, polluting peaker plants in black and brown neighborhoods. Which is um, massive, that it wasn't just a build a build, a build. it was yes. a build a shut down stuff that was poisoning communities. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. Exactly. So it was um so it was a really good bill and the politics of it were really good because it was bringing in all these people who like you know it was like just you know bringing in um the people in poor communities bringing in the labor unions even my labor union my labor union endorsed it like it was just like a lot it was a really good um coalition um and um and the um and what kathy hokel's bill did was it um it it was the sort of compromise that really divides and fractures coalitions mm -hmm. like you know where um and 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 i think that she thought um that the eco-socialists would just be like oh great we won you know and throw all their allies under the bus um but they didn't do that because the, the those provisions were so key to the values of the bill and to the politics um of it and to the future coalition of continue you know you want to continue to build on what the, on what this coalition did and you don't do that um by um by throwing your allies under under the bus in that way um and so um so so that so they, they held out they held out they um and um and in the end um they got just about everything they wanted incredible yeah i mean she didn't try hard enough, clearly, to divide them. Um, but no, it was, she's, like, she, she, she's she's honestly not that smart, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, mean, um, I mean, she was smart enough to have this um, really bad, um, this really terrible um, idea that does work in some situations. You know, right. it's common for people in power to, to divide the activists from each other um, and or to right. try, but um, but in this case, it didn't work. Last question for you, which is about the Inflation Reduction Act. And do you think that this, 
I mean, because it incentivizes so many private corporations, it, but is there something hidden that we've missed? Is there yeah. a way where we can use the New York model and try to is- expand that and say, yeah, we need, you know, if we're going to meet these emission targets, California or whatever state you live in, you, you know, you have emission targets. I'm sure if it's a blue state, especially, yeah. can we replicate what New York did? Absolutely. So um, it's a horrible month. It feels horrible to say anything nice about Biden and his policies. Yes, um, it does. I'm so, going to have to take a shower if you say anything nice yes. about him. Um, so, 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 so I just want to say that. Um, that, that um, um, the, um, however, um, so the Inflation Reduction Act, um, while um, earlier we criticized the, the sort of guiding philosophy behind it, um, what's, um, there is a lot of hidden stuff in it that can be used um, for good. Um, and, um, and one of, the, one of those is um, that um, it provides public money for mm-hmm. any public entity that wants to create renewable energy. So once the IRA passed, um, the um, the coalition behind the BPRA was able to say, "Look, we are leaving money on the table. Like we're mm-hmm. losing money by not um, passing this bill." And that's a very potent argument for lawmakers um, across the, po- the political spectrum. It is. Um, Although Republicans have still not made good on, they they still don't want no. their Obamacare money. It's like no, no, they don't. It's they, there, they, it's no, still they, there. No, they're just they're afraid their penises will fall off if they yeah, yeah they exactly in power or whatever. Um, but the um, but the um, the so the. Um, there are some differences in New York's situation because the um, the public power authority was created by Franklin Roosevelt when he was governor and sort of is is kind of a precursor to a New Deal um, um, body, sort of a precursor to the Tennessee Valley Authority and um, and those kinds of public offices that um, that 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 funded energy, but um, that you don't need that in order to benefit from um, from the IRA's um, funding for public energy. Any public entity will do. A school board could create, um, get money for creating renewable energies if they want to put like solar panels on the roofs of their schools. I mean, a- um, That's huge. A library could do, could put a windmill of, you know, like any, like any- Yes, trigger Trump, more windmills. I want to see- endless windmills exactly i want the prison that he won't be housed in but if he is i hope it is 100 percent powered by windmills totally (laughs) (laughs) but that's really promising i mean that's really important stuff to to know and and also again with i think the best part of your piece and about this whole story is the that aggressive tactics in the campaign the campaign tactics and the fact that you know even people on the inside were like yeah shake these motherfuckers up like shake albany up like why don't you get them out of their comfort zone they're not used to it and and they're gonna buckle um exactly exactly so now that other people in other um, places um are um using um, the inflation reduction act um, to make the same argument you know that that's um, great that they, they should build public renewables that's excellent and i also think the other thing is like i mean i'm assuming parker didn't stop taking oil money 
Um, I, I would doubt it, but um, yeah. although I mean, I that's did not check. like that's just like. <laughs> Like, you can still have your second home, bro. You still have, like, your vacation, your all-inclusive, whatever. Like, um, you know, it's it's kind of working with that. Like, I, I And that's interesting because the DSA didn't say, we'll only work with you if you're fully divested or if you don't take fossil fuel money. Which is, I mean, and I would like, I mean, maybe there is more to know about that. But that's an interesting, like, able to skirt around that and still create this fund, you know, without sort of like individually being like, you must give back this fossil fuel money. Well, something that's also interesting is that um, the fossil fuel industry um, isn't the most powerful, isn't one of the more powerful industries in New York state. So, I mean, um, so the DSA was able to call out these elected officials for um, being such tools and being um, owned by these um, utility companies. Um, but um, it's um, but there are actually much more powerful industries in New York, um, like real estate, finance. Um, and um, and we don't have it like it's it's not Texas like we right 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 like, right like we don't we don't have like massive um, fossil fuel power um, here and in, in our political system um, right. so it was sort of more of like a manageable like you know you guys are just really pathetic for taking um, this money and we're going to expose it but it's not um, the money uh, like that they don't really have that much um, power or, or they don't, it's, it's not so much power that it can't be um, overcome by people. Interesting. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, Liza, thank you so much. We're linking to your piece in these times. Um, and I like the re reclaiming of eco-socialists because it's sort of usually used as like, <laughs> you know, it's like a hop step and a jump away from eco-terrorists. I feel like people say that all the time and you're just like, no. Yeah. Um, so thanks for joining us. Thanks for your work in writing and oh, please come you. back. Well, thank you for your great show. Hell yeah. Be well. And uh, Raph, you're sticking around if you can. Do you have a little bit of time? Is that a yes? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if we have to. Here's what I'll say about Cornell West. Here's what, okay, here's what, here's what I've come to realize about Cornell West campaign. I'm not mad at it. I before I was like, really, who's this for? What are we doing? Yeah. And now after the assault on Gaza and Biden's complete 150 percent, just like, you know, bowing down to whatever Israel wants, asking 14 billion dollars more for weapons. Even Obama has to come out with a statement. It's like, uh, I think it's wrong to deprive people of water. Most things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, electricity is important. And it's like, thank you, Barack. Uh, can you please call your boy? Can you please call Joe and tell him ceasefire? Although, of course, he didn't say that. But that, that gives me a new appreciation for Cornell West, who's actually at least on a national stage, you know, advocating for Palestinian human rights, going on Fox News, going up against Dershowitz, you know, and, and things like this. But this was a fun little wrinkle in the Cornell West campaign, which is he last week apparently took a max donation, which is only $3,300, and you know the dude's worth more, but he took it from a man named Harlan Crow, who, again, is a billionaire. Um, And we'll talk about who he is, but he Crow made the donation in August, weeks before West abandoned his bid for the Green Party nom to run as an independent. Crow has called West a self-proclaimed, quote, non-Marxist socialist, which I'm not really sure how that one works. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. 
and a longtime professor at Princeton University, a good friend. And remember, Harlan Crow donated. I mean, he pretty much is Clarence Thomas's sugar daddy. Um, yeah, has given him all kinds of favors, paid for his what nephew's education. Um, clearly, is he's one of the many billionaires that supports um, Clarence Thomas, which is also. I'm not, I'm just gonna say it real get out vibes the fact that like mm. you got this white guy who's supporting like these black prominent you know folks in political life obviously one's like effing supreme court justice it's weird it's a little weird but once he faced criticism cornell tweeted how sad the perception so quickly triumph over the truth in our decadent culture this holds in our major cat catastrophe in the Middle East where the rich humanity of Palestinians is rendered invisible. It always holds at home in the minor scandal about Harlan Crow's donation to my campaign. He's a staunch anti-Trump Republican who has never forget collections of tyrants, Stalin, Mao, Hitler, and many others, and patriotic collections of Washington, Jefferson, and Lincoln. He's also got Nazi memorabilia, uh, Professor, but okay. Uh. Does this disqualify him from contributing to my campaign? Most people holler yes. I say no. As a jazz man, however, I listened and I decided to give the money back to Brother Harlan. What does that mean as a jazz but man? But still, say the, <laughs> as a he, this, is a, this is the second I'm time he said up, jazz I'm man. I'm just making things up as I go along. <laughs> what does oh, that wait, wait. So, so when he decided to run as an independent, Matt and I were having this debate because I was like, and I said the words Jasmine. I was like, first of all, he knows what he's doing. He's actually he's actively doing this. He probably thought that the Green Party, he could keep more of the donations if he went solo. He probably thought that he already had the infrastructure he needed. He probably thought he didn't need he didn't want to go through the nomination process. I was like, he's not like a jazz man or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time that Wes has referred to himself as like a jazz man. I'm like, oh God, okay, okay. So we are just making things up. I love it. Um but also, I don't know about that. He's an anti-Trump Republican. Oh, so he's just one, you know, the, the shade of piece of shit that he is is just slightly less brown. Like, what are you talking about? Like, he's an anti-Trump Republican. Like, no, he's not. He, does not he supports he supports Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas enacting every the wish list yeah. of MAGA. But I don't know, Raph, your, your thoughts on this as someone who obviously supports breaking, you know, the two-party system. <laughs> um, I mean, we, like at Working Families Party, which I think you're referring to as that third party that I work with, um, is we don't do the elections usually. Sometimes we do, but we don't do the election typically where mm -hmm. we're going to cause the Democrat to lose. But I think things are changing so much now that I think a lot of people are just not going to come out to vote uh, for Biden, even though they don't want Trump. And mm -hmm. it's really dangerous. And now I'm kind of seeing maybe there is like a catch for them elsewhere nationally that could at least be some sort of protest, mm -hmm. even though like discipline wise and logic wise, you have to say, no, you can't, <laughs> by all means, you can't have Trump or anyone like that as president. Yeah. But I also can I go up to a Palestinian person or an Arab or Muslim person right now and tell them to vote for the person who's uh, enabling genocide of their loved ones? No, I can't. Or do I go up to a black friend and tell them 
someone who's perpetuating kind of the police violence and the prison industrial complex and like you should go vote for them because things will be better i promise um i can't i want people to do the strategic voting but um i don't know the solution to that other than to create new voters um and i mean and i think even those new voters are turning away new voters yeah maybe yeah but but i i i mean i think that you we can uh but the the answer is you're it's just gonna feel even shittier oh yeah because I mean, will, a lot of new voters came for obama and then just got shat on uh i mean i voted <laughs> i voted for I voted for John Kerry. Okay. I say this all the time. I've done horrible things in my life. I voted for John Kerry, who was like, I'm going to kill bin Laden debtor, you know? And it's like, cool. At least you're not Bush. You know, it's like, I'm going to do the Iraq war. Right. Yeah. I did it. I really, it grossed me out, yeah. but I did it, you know? And that being said, I agree with you. It is a diff. I totally agree that this is a demobilizing uh, force. What's happening right now in Gaza. And, um, and- I think that there's more appetite, yeah, for somebody else. Uh, and Cornell it- too. It's hard to criticize. Cornell has been one of the most consistently moral people ever. And having yeah. grown up with him, even though he'll go on certain shows, and I'm just like, why are you, you know, like, why are you helping them? He 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 has his strategy. He has his thing. He has his supporters. And I, I don't feel like I'm in a place to just be like, oh, Cornell really other than try to figure out like what is this 4d chess that he's <laughs> that he's up to what's the jazz yeah, yeah. What's but, the but jazz? Here, here's the thing that i think is a little bit of a red flag yeah and and i'll say this because i i think he is moral and i think he is yeah. always on the right side of history but the strange bedfellows right mm-hmm. he wrote a wall street journal we talked about this on a bonus fish wall street journal op-ed that basically was like i agree with desantis preserving preserving the classics it's like what what are you talking about <laughs> You mean what? What? Moms of Liberty is purging libraries and school after school in that state, you know, and you're defending the classics. I agree with my friend Harlan Crow. I just think that there is a level of celebrity that he has that is a little bit like, you know, you're you're a you're a bit hot boxed by your mm. own, you know, by your own stuff. And yeah. and I think he um, I don't think he's rooted in. I think we need a movement leader. We need someone who's rooted in communities. We need someone who's come up through this. We need, I mean, I I say like a Sean Fain, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who comes out of these like oh, yeah. labor struggles, movement struggles, movement leadership. Um, you know, even, you know, I think even AOC might be to a lesser extent comes out of the movements, but, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I think this is a different question, but so I, I say play on jazz man. <laughs> I need we we need you out there, but also I'm I'm glad you gave back this donation because that was weird. And maybe uh, like you know, don't rub el- elbows with the right anymore. Yeah, I don't I don't understand this fascination with skipping over people you can energize and organize and skipping over 10, 20, 30 of them just to kind of try and convince one of the baddies. To flip, like it just doesn't work. It no. doesn't work, and it's mathematically even if it works, it's still not worth the time. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't know what other, like, you know, what second cousins education uh, Harlan Crow is paying for. <laughs> I, I love the weirdo defense of his like statue tributes, Harlan Crow statues, like of Mao. It's like you didn't have to mention any of those guys. You could just, you know. 
anyway but um so weird. he's been to his house that's what's really like. exactly oh you've seen it uh-huh. um uh, you know when i wiped my mouth on the ss napkin uh it's like mm, mm. <laughs> i knew in my heart um but i wanted to ask you before we go into our final last segment which is the cringies the idf we didn't talk about this but this has been a critique that's coming up you know we're in a time when uh people like ilhan omar ayana presley uh, uh summer lee and all these progressive squad members are calling for a ceasefire they're being you know, chanted down inside Congress for their calls for a ceasefire. Um, Again, we talked about the celebrities coming out on either side. Some say ceasefire, others don't. But one person has not said ceasefire, and that is our boy, Bernie Sanders. And um, I guess I wanted to ask your thoughts about that. You know, what's going on? Neither Sanders nor Warren have said ceasefire. um, And sort of very sort of... um, the silence and the lack of that word is pretty deafening at this moment. Yeah, I had I had followed and campaigned with Bernie going through the country, and especially when he was meeting youth groups. And there was one occasion in D.C. where a bunch of youth groups from all over the country came to meet him. And I, and I documented it. I was filming it and uh, my friends organized it. And they were so happy to see him, as you know, uh, the youths love Bernie. And he was happy to see them. And he didn't stumble. He was really, really, really good, except he always began to stumble at these events back to back Hmm. when it came to police and when Hmm. it came to police brutality and when it came to uh, Mike Brown and all of these stories and and, and horrors. And there is definitely a blind spot. I don't know if it's a blind spot or what or something that he has never unlearned. Uh, Same with Warren. But there is something there where they it, it sounds as if there's some sort of red line that's either told to them or that they believe yes. that uh, and this is to to me this is like pol- idf is like police on steroids you know what i mean yeah. uh, yes uh, the i mean people off, might as well be saying they, they think they hear like when yeah. you say ceasefire they hear defund the idf Absolutely. like that's the the neck yeah. to head ratio of the generals it's like very similar to the police <laughs> uh the the cell phone fascination there's just a lot that you could put a plate on the head it's very like the haircut's very flat it's just <laughs> like a lot you know um, uh-huh. so i think there's something there i don't want to like psychoanalyze someone but having spent a lot of actual time with him um interface you can see his blind spots yeah oh yeah 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 very very big <laughs> blind spots and and warren's statement was so offensive uh you know, with the hospital, it's like people calling, you know, just like, uh, you know, just gear up for disappointment with politicians. It's just the deal. And as my friend I, Nalini Stamp always says, elections are for choosing your adversaries, not your friends. And even I guess yes. it also includes Bernie, but whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, exactly. And this is about, you know, pushing them and calling their office. I mean, shit, man, we got to add Bernie's to the list of people you want to call and you should call. Um, I think that is important right now, but let's, let's round, let's wrap this thing up. God damn it. And end with our final segment. It's an episode of, or an edition of damn it. The cringies starring the Israeli government. Right, which is cringier? This is coming from Israel's official Instagram account and just official statements. This was very fun. Um, So here was one, probably the least cringy, but uh, Israel wasted no time in claiming 
they had some Tay, uh, some Swifty cred mm. um, tweeting Taylor Swift's hashtag eras tour bodyguard return home to fight for his country. Hey, Taylor Swift 13th. So thirsty. We <laughs> promise you'll never find another like him. We love you, Aaron. Oh Israeli flag heart emoji. So it is true that he was a bodyguard and he did go back um, yeah. to be, he was called up. Um, but just, I think it's the tweeting at her being like, yeah. see, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like also like maybe an older man wrote that tweet. like pretending yeah. to be like, it's kind of scary. Oh, all of these are. Okay. So here's the number two cringy. Uh, this was fun. Uh, official Twitter account of Israel. Good morning to everyone, except for those of you who are having trouble condemning a terrorist organization. Hashtag Hamas is ISIS. Oh my God. Which like, no, but I see what you're doing and I love the good morning to everyone except <laughs> the children in Gaza Chat who are GBT. being bombed right now. Chat my God. creativity here. It's just so sad. They're just so like, oh, are you being petty about this? Are yeah. you being... What are you doing right now? Um, and then, of course, my favorite, and you got to call out. I mean, we got to say, our girl, Greta, does not miss. Yes. There she is. Greta, yes, stand with Gaza. Yeah, she's, she's with a bunch of her friends. Straight up, like, stand with Gaza. Ceasefire now. Greta posted this on her Instagram. Now, if you're watching this or if you're listening, I'll explain. There is a little, um, a little stuffy little stuffed animal over her shoulder and it is a little octopus and apparently oh, that's an anti-semitic oh, really? yes they really <laughs> did i so, did not catch this one <laughs> well so the official account of israel didn't say that but uh, they, oh, i'll get to what they said but apparently um greta was reposted the photo without the octopus because the octopus is an anti-Semitic trope about like Jews yeah. having oh, their tentacles yeah. and everything. And it's like, Oh my God, the reaching, the reaching. And she had to even tweet. She said, it has come to my knowledge that the stuffed animal shown in my mm -hmm. earlier post can be interpreted as a symbol for anti-Semitism, which I was completely unaware of. <laughs> the toy in the picture is a tool often used by autistic people as a way to communicate feelings we are, of course, against any type of discrimination and condemn anti-Semitism in all of its forms and shapes. This is non-negotiable. That is why I deleted the last post. So it's just like, oh, God. There's this notion that anyone who says anything about Israel-Palestine must have a degree in European anti-Semitism. And you yes. don't. You don't. There's so many tropes. So many tropes that you're just going to stumble upon them i have all the time <laughs> all of the tropes and and i mean and yeah and there's a cute true. little octopus it's kind of sweet it's so cute. if that's if that's sweet. jews i'm down that's a cute little idea. <laughs> that's not reaching anything that's like barely <laughs> reaching the media or the banks it's, like, <laughs> it's got very short <laughs> so tentacles so cute um but of course uh the uh spokesperson for the israeli army our ari 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 Shalikar, Ari Shalikars. Uh, he said, "Whoever identifies with Greta in any way in the future, oh, in my view, my God, is a terrorist supporter. <laughs> Jesus. Is a terror supporter. So there we go. Supporting so you support renewable you energy that. is literally terrorism because of Greta. I mean, first of all, the 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 like the nonviolent kill list that Greta has going. Yeah. You know, you got Donald Trump." 
you got Andrew Tate. Now you got the whole IDF that Greta is just like, I mean, the path of destruction. It's incredible. Someone should do that meme with her as like the death that knocks on the doors. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, it's shame the, on you. Shame on you. Shame is there you. any powerful person or entity that she cannot she trigger? She is great. I love her. I adore her. She uh, also took a rest on the same day we, we took a rest, uh, but she took it for this climate uh, consortium or something in London. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So there was, it was just beautiful that she's still fighting that, that thing. It's all interconnected. Like all of this, yes. all of these weapons, all of these, all the things we're sending there is, is also a disaster to the climate, but she doesn't lead like a lot of like white, uh, out of touch, wealthy environmentalists. She doesn't lead with the climate issue of it. She leads with the justice issue and Palestinians with it. Yes. Oh my God. I know. And I love how like, and they tried to funnel her and just being like a speaker, travel the world. And she's like, no, how about I get arrested? Like on, <laughs> like on the regs. Yeah. Um, Raf, thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you and follow your work? I am on Twitter, Raphael Shimanov. I'm on IG at Rafternoon. Put, put, put Raf in your afternoon, Rafternoon. And if you're in New York or even anywhere, you could stream it. We I host a radio show every Friday in New York City right after Democracy Now! at 9 a.m. Uh, yeah, and 99.5 FM. And me and my co-host Shoshana Brown, it's called Beyond the Pale. And it, it used to be hosted by these amazing... Uh, white Beyond the Pale is like Beyond the Pale of Settlement, which was where Jews were only allowed to live in the uh, Russia. Ah. And uh, so we talk about like left Jewish issues and we're super, super excited uh, to reach now a year, our year anniversary coming up. So check it out huge. Beyond the Pale FM on all the social medias. And can you listen as a podcast to old episodes? Not a podcast yet, but you can go to the archives and we link them on our Instagram. Oh, okay, great. Beyond the Pale. FM. P-L-E. Yeah, beyond the uh, P-A-L-E. P-A-L-E-F-M. All right, Raf, be very well. Thank you for joining me and spending such a great hour and almost two hours. Good Lord. <laughs> um, thank you all out there as well. Thank you to Virginia Voss for gifting a membership to the Bituation Room over um, at Franny Fio on YouTube. You guys know you can also um, get all access to the bonus episodes through the through YouTube and through Twitch. Thanks to Yilva for your super chat. So generous of you saying, I just came home after participating in a beautiful and powerful solidarity concert for the people of Gaza. I'm switching from rage to sorrow when I see the injustice of people that of Gaza have endured. Agreed. But I love that there's concerts and, again, poetry and... I make fun of it, but it, it, we need we need this. We need folks to come together. And if you're feeling helpless and um, ain't nothing like a, a nice protest or a vigil or, you know, finding your people, they're there and it, it goes it, it goes a long way. And uh, we need you in this fight um, to, to keep on, you know, organizing, demonstrating, calling anything you can do. Andrew Singh, thank you so much for your super chat sticker. Appreciate it. And Electron Creations, a little something for you today. Thank you for that super chat from Jessica. In memory of my late partner who was killed by an impaired driver 15 years ago tonight. I know she would have appreciated what you do as much as I do. Cindy, thank you. That is really, really sweet. And sending love to the memory of your partner. Um, and yes, uh, we'll, uh, let's let's do this work in their memory. And Rachel Atwood, I just like you saying, I love Bukhara, such a gorgeous city never been never really heard of it um mean streets says is it true that israel's trying to occupy gaza and i think that's a really you know we didn't talk about a potential ground invasion the latest that i have heard 
and this is kind of fucked. I mean, not kind of fucked, but is, you know, the Israeli population really wants a ground invasion. Um, I think that the IDF might be holding back on doing a ground invasion, but I do think one is going to be coming. Um, there's a lot of beachfront property in Gaza. Uh, and the worst part about all of that is it seems like the U.S. military is advising on said ground invasion, you know, lending any kind of strategic support uh, to that. Seems like General Lloyd Austin has been conferring with the IDF. Uh, the, I believe the Israeli, the U.S., I think this, uh, I forgot it was, if it was a Israeli embassy in the United States, de like denies that there's any coordination, but also like, I don't think they would know. I think the Pentagon would know. So, um, yeah, these countries are in lockstep. And um, I, I've said this before on the bonus, but I don't want that fucking blowback. I don't want that blowback. Uh-uh. We already had that blowback. It's called 9-11. Um, I don't want any more of it. No, thank you. Um, no, thanks. Can I just no thanks out of that? Rachel Atwood, are there any guarantees the IDF won't flatten Gaza the moment the last hostages get released? I mean, it seems like they're trying to do it now, right? But you're absolutely right. And I think Raf added an interesting twist in terms of what kinds of hostages are being held. Um, and again, the, the different value on life, uh, even if you are Israeli. Um, to say nothing of the Americans, there are Americans in Gaza who've been killed. Are they getting out? We know some humanitarian aid has gotten in through the Rafah crossing, but what about the American Americans in Gaza? Have they been able to get out? Terrence Trumbo says, I'm trying to decide whose take was worse, Amy's or Sarah Silverman's. We didn't even decide which was the cringiest of that. I have to say, I think, I think the Greta fragility is always the cringiest. Um, Amy's or Sarah Silverman's? Amy Schumer by far. Bad Lefty, thank you for being a member, says diplomacy and humanitarian relief. How is this so radical? It is not. That's the answer. Um, Gary Cooper, it mystifies me how American right-wingers hate Jews but love Israel. That is your first clue that Israel does not represent all Jews. Um, and it is not a progressive place. It is absolutely a right-wing government participating in a right-wing fascistic operation and occupation that has been called apartheid. And then every once in a while and or always, uh, you know, starts a war on Gaza or retaliates to a horrible atrocity, but in far outsized amounts, um, as well as, you know, this has been the deadliest year in the West Bank. So we forget about the West Bank. Matt Gates on White for Bronco sub buddy says. Situation is a noun, a verb, an adjective and an adverb as well. That's right. Cookie Monster says Milwaukee DSA power to the people became uh people public utility campaign is facing the same problems i love that it's ongoing though thank you for for mentioning that but yeah the problems are you know there's money in in our state capitals there's money in our state legislatures uh fossil fuel money and uh there's all kinds of attempts to co-opt and water down and um you know uh sort of throw bones and get people um distracted from what we ultimately need to do and Lily Alara, thank you so much for being a member. Got your video while I was in the hospital. Thank you. Big mind boost. Mood boost. Fun fact, Lily is also the name of the first person to get SRS. Liliana's are badass. Liliana was my grandmother's name. Um, and I hope you feel better. And I'm sorry. I hope you are uh, doing well. Um, but thank you. I love I love the Lilies. I love the Liliana's even better, even more. Um, Robert. 
rubber. Thank you for your super chat. Says, I think I know what Dr. West means when he's calling himself a jazz man, but I certainly agree Cornell's getting high on his own cachet of celebrity supply. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's it's just a little bit too much in his own bubble of celebrity, celebrity, a little bit running the risk of kind of being a parody of himself at times. Um, but guys, I want to thank all y'all who have supported the show, who've tuned into the show. If you're new, welcome. This is the Fran Tifa. We get down real hard. So thank you so much, um, for your love and support. And with that, I'm going to thank all the patrons at $10 or more and all the Twitch subs with the fart song. I don't think there's any new tips. Did I thank David Hanley and Darren Muku? Well, thank you guys if I hadn't. Let's go over to Twitch. What is up? Thank you, Chicken Tender Daddy, for subscribing with Prime. That's a great name. Thanks, Rosalba, for gifting a, a month to Charmed Chaos. Thanks to Targeted Scapegoat for subscribing at Tier 1 for one month. Thank you, Atrolfi, for cheering 100 bits. And thanks so much for resubscribing, says Francesca. It was so amazing to meet and see you and Matt live, but mostly you at the Punchline SF last week. You were as hilarious and warm in person as I imagined. That's right. I'm even better in person, y'all. And there will be more dates to see me in person so just you wait thank you to Paige Omek my producer thank you to Maximilian Inhoff and Andy Vasoyan we stream Tuesdays and Fridays 1pm Pacific 4pm Eastern follow the show on Twitter at Bituation Pod TikTok and Instagram at Bituation uh, Room and remember to fight the power to fuck the patriarchy to free Palestine and to not just bitch about it but to be about it bye mm-hmm.